Welcome to the College Sports Conversations presented by the NCAA. I'm Trey Moses. As a part of the Mental Health Awareness Month, we are talking to student athletes about their personal mental health journeys and how they have overcome adversity. This is a topic that is extremely close to my heart as I've had to deal with my own mental health journey since I was about 12 years old and eventually had to overcome adversity myself in college. It is something that I deal with on a continuous basis and has led me to tell my story and hopefully help other athletes tell theirs. Our guest today is Rutgers high jumper, Perry Christie. Perry is a redshirt senior, double majoring in labor studies and employment relations and African studies. Perry, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. How are you doing? Doing good, how are yourself? I'm doing good, man. It's good to, good to talk to you. I, uh, I, I tried to find your, your Instagram early and I couldn't find it, but uh, you know, I just wanted to thank you for coming on and you know, taking time out of your day. No problem. Uh, actually, mental health is like one of a big, big roles in my life. So, any opportunity I have to talk about it, I'm here for it. No, I, yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. Um, you know, you entered your time at Maryland while rehabbing an injury during the Summer Bridge program. How was the transition for you using the Summer Bridge program? So. When Coach Farrell gave me the opportunity to do the summer program, he pretty much just told me that it was based on getting acclimated to college. And I saw it as an opportunity to just get ahead of my peers and see how far I can take this track, track thing. And when I went in, it was more so just trying to focus on being a college athlete or student athlete. And it was a struggle from the time I went in, but just learn how to battle pretty much. What would you say your mental state was like uh, during that time? Um, at that time, it was probably a little bit everywhere, truthfully. And I say that because it was like, I'm trying to go from a young man or to a man going from high school to college, wanting to be one of the best high jumpers in the country, in the world. So having those high expectations for myself just put me at a headspace where I really wasn't ready for it at that time. So then it took me down a path where it was a lot of self-doubt, a lot of, I don't know if I could do this. So that's when I just went to my support system and just tried to figure it out from there. And it's been working ever since. What advice do you have to young athletes who have high aspirations? My advice is pretty much just try to keep it as simple as you possibly can. Because if you try to look at your angle, you miss out on the current moment that you're living in and you can't get that time back. And if you look too far ahead, you, you can become overwhelmed. Oh, very quickly so more so just focus in the moment and just be patient with yourself you know you had mentioned uh the support you had how important is it for you to have support around you very important because truthfully everyone says you can try to do it by yourself but in actuality you can't like no matter what you do you always need someone to help you with something and for me it really wasn't the physical aspect, it was the mental aspect. And by them just being there and having my coaches, my teammates, my parents, my 
closest friends just means the world to have them. And it helps me accomplish all the goals that I had set out and still to accomplish. That's awesome. What do you think the best way for people who want to open up to their support, like they have close friends, but they're not, they just feel like they're not ready to open up. Like what, what, what advice would you have for them? Take it one day at a time. So if you feel you need to just talk to yourself and in a room by yourself and just get your, all your thoughts out there, do that. Because the more comfortable you feel with yourself, the more easier it is to translate to other people. You know, in, in fall of 2016, you, you know, you had a, another injury. You want to tell us about what the MRI revealed? Uh, that MRI revealed fall 20. So that was my freshman year. Okay, so it was my L5-S1. I had a slip disc and bones, bone spurs, I believe, in my back, something along those lines. And that one, that one hurt because it took me out for the fall. And for a freshman, I feel like your fall semester going into college is very important to connect with your team, connect with your atmosphere. But for me, I had to take a step back and really just focus on myself and really focus on just getting my body right. So my coach tried to talk to me, but I was so focused on getting to a national championship, becoming, getting to the Olympics, what, four years from then. And it was really just overwhelming for me. So let's take it one day at a time. I'm sorry I'm getting away from the question, but. No, no, you're good. You're good. Um, obviously, you know, you're in pain with physical injuries as most athletes have, have been, but what would you say is the biggest issue as far as the mental side uh, that injuries can cause? It's a lot of self-doubt and that's when it comes to being disciplined and staying, staying on task of accomplishing all the, all the goals that you have set for that plan to get back because we can get carried away with, for me, it was my back. So I was just trying to go from having a slip disc to jump in seven, four, seven, five to get a national championship. You can't do that in one day. Like you have to actually just take it one day at a time and really focus on the present moment. Because once you get carried away, it's hard trying to reel yourself back in. It is hard, but I feel at the same time, it's, it's very, it's easier said than done to say, let's just take it day by day. Yeah. Do you, do you have, any, like, was there anything specifically you would say that you did during those day by day moments that really helped you stay the course? For me, just not trying to get too ahead of myself. So if the plan was, or let's say if, Monday was for me to go to rehab, after rehab, go to practice, watch practice, then go to class. That's what I'm focused on, or that's what you should be focused on. It's easier said than done because you always think about going into rehab, how your back hurts for me, how your back hurts, and will this ever get better? 
but that's when you just have to talk to yourself or just know that those are all not your thoughts. Like you're not thinking that it's just a part of your environment and in the situation that you're in. So for me, I just took it. For me, I just focused on the moment at hand. And then when I'm not focusing on track and when I have free time, I'm just trying to do something that keep my spirits up. So hanging out with friends, talking to my parents or going on a walk or just doing some type of activity to take your mind off of what you're trying to get away from. What, what would you say was your lowest point? My lowest point, just off of that injury or, or just in general for career? Well, let's just go career, let's go career. Probably my lowest point. I would probably say when I had a mental breakdown in class my freshman year, it was in the fall. It was bad to the point where I had to call my coach or I texted my coach and told him I just didn't want to go to practice or I didn't want to be at school anymore. And I just didn't want to go to class. But I had a class right after that too. And he just texted me and told me he's going to pick me up. And it was him and the head coach at the time, Mike Moulton. So we just sat in the car and just talked about everything that was going on. And it just helped me a lot. But that would probably say that was my lowest moment. For, for me, my freshman year, I had one of those moments too. And I was crying to our trainer. Um, and at the time, my trainer and our student advisor were the only two that knew what was going on with me. Um, and I was diagnosed with having severe depression and eventually my trainer was just like, I think you need to tell, you know, coach Witt, Witt's his name, but he was like, I think you just need to tell Witt. Um, and I told, I told coach and, you know, from that moment on, he was always there for me. How important do you think it is for coaches to be there for their players outside of sport? Huge because we all know going into college, that's probably the most important part of your life. Like that's where you're coming. That's when you're going from a young adult to an adult. So for me, having Coach Farrell there and knowing that I can literally go to him for anything and just talk to him and just know that he's there for me, just not as an athlete, but as a person plays a huge role because the more comfortable you are with your coach, the easier it is to get coached by them and to get the performances that you want. So having a coach that just is there to support you pretty much is a lot. So I say to any high school athlete that's trying to get to college, try to build a connection with your coach. What about from the coach's standpoint, what advice would you give the coaches to build those relationships? Because if we're being honest, a lot of incoming freshmen can be maybe too cool for that. Mm -hmm. So what advice would you give to coaches about building relationships with incoming athletes, um, you know, regardless of whether they're freshmen or transfers? Uh, advice for coaches, just be observant. Be observant to the point where you just pick up on your athletes' mannerisms and stuff like that. Because like for my coach, there's sometimes where 
I won't tell him what's going on with me, but he just can look at me and say, you're, you're not acting normal. And I'm just like, wow, I didn't even notice that. But so be observant and be patient and just be open and just tell your athletes that your door is always open. I feel like a lot of coaches get away from that and they just think that we know that. But if you just tell your athletes, the door is always open, you can talk to me about anything. They should just really be patient and observant because, and just telling your athletes that they do have the freedom and the freedom to express themselves how they feel, as long as it's not disrespectful in any manner to anyone. But just be free to be yourself and just know that you can always talk to them. You know, some athletes might not recognize the professional resources that they have for mental health on campus. Um, tell us a little bit about the resources that you were able to find. So the resources that I had is sports, sports medicine. So going into my sophomore year, I had a hip surgery on my labrum. I think it was like the second week of school. And from that time on, I just couldn't go to sleep. Like I would stay up until probably four or five, six in the morning and then I'd have to get up and go to rehab at eight o'clock in the morning, nine o'clock in the morning. And it's just, it got to the point where I was trying everything. I was trying melatonin. I was trying to work out late night just so I could get tired, go to sleep. But my mind was just racing to the point where I told my trainer, Jen Steinberg at the time to, that I just couldn't do anything. She said, I think you might need to go see a psychologist. And I was like, all right. So then when I went, it was, I forgot her name at the time, but she just pretty much just told me just like tell your story. And for me, I was caught off guard a little bit because no one has ever told me to just tell my story. And from then, I started going almost like every week, once a week. And my sleep wasn't getting better, but I was feeling like I had a little bit more energy to myself. And I think a month after I went to a psychiatrist and then that's when they said, you have anxiety and depression. And then they wanted to put me on medication, but then that's when going back to my coach, he, he talked to me and he just expressed like, his doubts with medication and stuff like that and just how talking and just giving it time can help. So he just really did a lot for me. When it's ever since then, so since sophomore year, I've been seeing a psychologist. So three, three, four years now. There is obviously a stigma around mental health, but being a one athlete, two, you're, we're African-American, three, we're African-American males. Was it hard, like, did any of that affect you wanting to get help? I would say a little bit. I would say a little bit to the point where when my trainer told me to see a psychiatrist, I, I thought about it and I was like, 
I don't need to see psychiatrists. Because growing up in my household, and in most black households, it was you don't need to see you don't need to see psychologists. Like you, there's nothing wrong with you. Like you'll get over it. Like it's fine. Don't worry about it. So for me, growing up, I just used to just brush everything off and just push everything to the side. And I don't mean to interrupt. And I think another thing is, um, you know, we look at we have we'll have two kids, black African American kids, the same age. Um, one falls, we'll say the little girl falls. It's like, oh, oh come on, you're, you're okay, you're okay. Like, you know, we'll let, let her cry it out. The, the, the little boy falls and it's quick crying. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're told to always quit crying. We're told to hide our emotions as men. Um, and I feel like going to get help is scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when she told me to go see psychiatrist, I said, uh, in my head, I said, I don't know about that. But it was to a point where I was just trying to do anything to get help. And I knew that by me not sleeping and me pretty much being stressed out wasn't going to make me accomplish any of my goals that I had set out. So I just pretty much put, put my ego aside, I would say, and just went to go get help. Like being vulnerable, that's strength right there, in my opinion. So if you're vulnerable and people see that, they're going to respect you a lot more. So. I just put my ego aside with psychologists and it's been beneficial ever since. How do you think opening up affected performance? It let me be free, I would say, because not being able to express yourself, I feel like leaves tension mentally, physically. So if you're open to, so if you're pretty much like a, a, I would say open book, but everybody knows you can't tell everybody everything. But if you're free to express yourself and how you feel, it makes everything a lot easier. And if you express yourself, people know what's going on. So your coach or your trainers won't force you to do something that you're not capable of doing at the time based on the stress that you have mentally or physically, or that you're getting physically from your stress mentally. So if anything, it helps just being able to talk about it. You know, you were healthy last season and gearing up for the 2020 indoor championships and then COVID hits, Mm -hmm. uh, canceling the championship right before you're about to compete. What was your mental state during all of that? Actually, around that time, my mental state was was not too good. Um, right after I jumped seven three and was number seven in the country, I felt overwhelmed a little bit. I would say because I had a lot of people texting me, calling me, messaging me on Instagram, following me, stuff like that, and. It got overwhelming to the point where I felt stressed in a way. Like I felt like I had to be at that level all the time. When in actuality, you don't, because I wasn't thinking about 
jumping seven three at the time when I did, it was more so just I was just having fun and just was living in the moment. So I feel like sorry, I got away from the question again. No, you're okay. What does it mean for you to live in the moment? Live in a moment is pretty much to be aware of your surroundings and just being comfortable and just becoming comfortable in your environment. So for me, when I high jump, I sort of feel like it's only me in the in a high jump mat in a bar at the time. So if there's people around me talking and stuff like that, it's I, I just tune it out. But that comes from practice. Truthfully, because if we were to look at me at a meet, walking around, actually during high jump, you can catch me talking to people, having fun, laughing, joking around. But when it's time to step on that piece of tape and it's my turn to jump, you have to focus and just lock in. So I feel like it's beneficial to be able to just stay in the moment and staying in the moment is just, It's just focusing on what you have to accomplish at that time. You know, winning a medal is obviously, you know, great. But winning a medal after you've overcome so much adversity has to, has to feel even better, right? Definitely. And not even just for yourself, I would say. I would say for your support system, your circle, like, that's what – drives me the most truthfully because at the end of the day all these accolades and all these accolades medal achievements and stuff nobody's really gonna remember it when you're gone like it'll be brought up and talked about but it's really just like the, the impact you left on people's lives and how you inspire people and for me accomplishing those things just lets everybody in my circle know that Anything's possible as long as you put in the work and strive for it. So that's what I really focus on when, or that's what I really think about when I'm in that moment of accomplishing something big. What did what what did it feel like for you standing on the top of that podium at the 2021 Big Ten Championships? A long time, a long time coming. I would say, just like there's all those days where. You doubt yourself all the days where you don't want to wake up all the days where you just want to like really just crumble up and like cry a little bit like it just means that like everything pays off eventually and it's just great knowing that the work that you put in shows for something and for me, I was trying to go to Big Ten Championships since my freshman year. So to accomplish it my fifth year, it just shows you that it literally just takes time. Like everything will come together. It's just being patient. So I feel like that's what the moment was for me. Just a realization of everything. When it's all said and done, what do you want people to remember most about your story? that is bigger than athletics. Like, 
I'm fine. I guess great accomplishing all these goals, but my main goal and my main life purpose, I would say, is to inspire in a way. Like I want people to try to better themselves based off of seeing me trying to better myself and just being able to help people. So I feel like I just want to leave a legacy of inspiring the youth and showing what hard work dedication is. Perry, you're doing a great job. I just want to thank you for joining us today and just sharing your story and being open and vulnerable. Um, you know, like you said, being vulnerable is important. Um, you know, we appreciate you coming on and, and just doing everything that you've done so far. Um, you're only going to do so much more in life and you're going to keep inspiring everyone. Thank you. Thank you. I really do appreciate that. Um, that does it for this edition of College Sports Conversations presented by the NCAA. Stay tuned throughout this month for more conversations between current college athletes and myself. For more about my journey, you can check out the One in Five podcast on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, thanks for joining us today, and we look forward to talking with you again. Thank you.